This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches Media presents Ha ha, laugh, funny Mention it all, a Bravo by Betches podcast We don't say that, but now we said it With me, Dylan Hafer Hold on, check me, boo Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast I'm Dylan Hafer and we, we have made it to another Thursday This Wednesday, double whammy of Beverly Hills and Miami It's kind of kicking my ass And I, I don't know if anybody else feels the same But having back-to-back Housewives shows on the same night, there's just nothing else quite like it. You know, it's, uh, okay, yeah, you've got your, you know, Potomac and Tamari to Medicine. We we love it. Great combo. You've got your Salt Lake and Winter House. Winter House, it's, it's not quite doing it for me right now, if I'm honest, but my Beverly Hills into Miami is just, it's such a heavy hitter combo that it's almost hard to wrap your mind around. I, we have so much to talk about. Beverly Hills, still in Vegas, Miami, (laughs) it's a, it's a mess of Larsa's own making, but there's, there's just a lot to get into. And with Beverly Hills, I feel like this season is in an interesting place where it's not like there's nothing happening. I'm like, okay, like I'm, I'm like invested enough, but also there's kind of nothing happening. Like this last day in Vegas, they split up into three groups to go to lunch or three pairs, I guess. So it's like, okay, we have the Erica and Crystal lunch where Erica's finally admitting that she misses parts of her old life, but really, you know, like the money and the house and the blah, 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 and not the arguing and the pressure and the fighting. And it's like, right. I don't, I, don't, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking that you were missing having like a husband yell at you on a daily basis. And then we have Sutton and Garcelle going on a gondola in the Palazzo. (laughs) This is why Vegas is so wild, because they are inside a mall, basically, taking a gondola ride that's supposed to be giving Venice. And then they're in the middle of a conversation about Garcelle telling the group that she doesn't feel like she can trust them around her family. And then the gondolier guy just breaks into song and is... (laughs) Fully serenading them with no regard <laughs> for the mood, for the conversation. And like, I is this what really happens when you go and take a gondola ride at the hotel in Vegas? Is that... <laughs> it seemed so loud, too. Like, they clearly had him mic'd up. It was kind of giving Diana Jenkins' fiancé, Asher, from last season, just like the unnecessary need to be bursting into song at all times. And it's this like Italian, like, and they're like, okay, yeah, I I thought we were having a good time at dinner last night. I just, oh, it's, it's a lot. And then Kyle and Dorit, they have their own lunch. Um, This was a good episode for like ordering things where Dorit's like, we'll have a large bottle of still water with some lemons and a regular Coca-Cola. 
And <laughs> I love seeing like seven beverages be brought out to the table because that's what I'm like when I go to brunch, especially if I'm if I'm a little bit hungover or something. It's like, okay, so I need a water before anything else. And then obviously I want my mimosa or depending on the establishment, whatever the brunch drink of choice is. And then I also, depending on my spirit and vibe, probably want an iced coffee along with the water and the the cocktail. So it's like, it really is an orchestration. A regular Coca-Cola also sounds good. Maybe, maybe that will be the new brunch situation. <laughs> but Dorit also, earlier in the episode when she's calling PK, um, you know, everybody's like milling around their hotel rooms talking on the phone because that's like the required scene at the very beginning of a Housewives trip episode. And she's talking to PK and she goes, oh, where do I begin, bubblish? And I really, I need to know, is that like, is she calling him like bubblicious without the last syllable? Or is it like a like bubba, but with a, a little twist on the end? Bubblish. That was new to me. I kind of like it. Oh, where do I begin, bubblish? It's just mortifying that, you know, people come from all over the world to see Magic Mike live. And the fact that a friend of mine would cause a scene at it. It's <laughs> Dorit is acting like they're at the Metropolitan Opera. And that's like had a fit and stormed out. It's like, I don't think that was the craziest thing that's ever happened at Magic Mike Live in Vegas. Let, let me tell you, like, I think people have probably been carted out of there. And Sutton, to, to her credit, the most part of the outburst that she had happened in the hallway outside of the theater. So as you know, as, as maybe distasteful as it was, I don't think that like, the patrons of the world of Magic Mike Live are really going to be, you know, seeing Dorit Kemsley and be like, oh, that's that lady whose friend caused a scene at Magic Mike Live. And I I just can't be seen with somebody like that. It's like, okay, Dorit. Um, but yeah, Dorit and Kyle are having a nice little conversation about um, Kyle not drinking and what's happening with their marriages and I feel like this week kind of felt like a turning point for me in the conversation about Kyle not drinking. All of these women seem to have a lot of thoughts about it. And I just don't really understand why it matters. Like Kyle's whole thing in the past was like, oh, yeah, like if I have a margarita or two in me, I'll do the splits and shake my hair. And it's like, OK, that was like her like party persona. But I never felt like she was somebody where drinking and partying was like a major part of her actual personality. So the fact that you're just at a group dinner and she's going to ask if she can get a mocktail, it's like nothing has changed really, unless she was, you know, really throwing down in a way that we weren't seeing for the most part. It's like, it just is a little weird. Dorit's like, do you think the not drinking and, you know, distancing yourself from a group was a way to try and get control after the issues with your sisters? And it's like, maybe i mean obviously she decided not to drink for some reason but it's not like her life was spiraling out of control and like the only thing she could think of to to get back on a good track was to to cut off alcohol like she just seems like somebody who kind of was like yeah i could not drink and then she stuck with it later in the episode garcelle is like she says she misses the old kyle and then she asks her at dinner like how long it's gonna go on it's like just let it go I think that's a it's a weird thing to to kind of like get hung up on someone else about Sutton thinks Kyle is having a midlife crisis because she's 
getting tattoos and <laughs> working out. It's like, okay, Sutton, I think that's <laughs> I think that's more reflective of how you feel about the world than anything that Kyle is actually going through or not. Um, but she does have weird feelings about her situation with Mauricio. And, you know, his job is, she says, is very sales-based. And a lot of it revolves around going to events and things where there's, you know, they're drinking and they're being social and all of that. And that she she doesn't necessarily feels like she feel like she belongs in those situations with him at this point. And I think that it felt like this week was the clearest we've seen yet that she just feels like they're at different points in their life. And I believe her that it's not something dramatic and, you know, messy in the way of like, you know, people always think there's like cheating rumors and scandals and all of that stuff. But she just kind of seems like she isn't that interested in the stuff that's important to him and probably vice versa from his direction. So like if you if you're like in your 50s and you've been with someone for like 30 plus years, if you don't have anything in common and you don't want to do stuff together, like that's <laughs> that's like the time to to make a decision. And I feel like she's kind of doing that and it it feels like it's being turned into something sort of more dramatic than it is, which is partially because she's on a reality show, but partially because I think people want to find sort of like tea inside the relationship. But I just, I kind of don't feel like there's much there. It just is like, you know, they're, they're growing in different directions. And to be honest, I don't, I, I kind of like that for them. It kind of makes sense as much as Kyle and Mauricio were like an iconic couple. It's like, I think, I think everybody's going to be okay. Uh, Garcelle also goes and sees Oliver while she's in Vegas. She brings up that he had like made out with Raquel, um, and that people had a lot of, uh, thoughts because they didn't understand that he was separated or divorced or whatever. I don't know. Bringing up Raquel, it's like, can we leave that in the past? I have, I really feel like I have gotten to a point with Raquel or Rachel and like Scandaval and all of that, where it's like, if she's not coming back, we can really just move on. And I mean, Garcelle wasn't, she didn't bring up Scandaval in particular, but it did, it did feel like this was something that she felt like she needed to like mention. Like we have, it's like the elephant in the room. And I'm like, no, I was okay. Sometimes the elephant in the room, you just like open the garage door and let it, let it leave. I feel like we've all had that moment where you're at somebody's wedding and you're looking around the food, the venue, the music, the overall vibe. And you're making like that mental checklist of if I were planning a wedding right now, maybe you are, maybe you aren't. What would I want to copy from this? What would I want to change? What would I want to tweak? Well, I've been a part of my fair share of weddings over the years, and I know just how stressful the process can be. You go from that newly engaged bliss to overwhelmed by invitation paper and flower colors in the blink of an eye. But using Zola helps with wedding planning from start to finish and makes every decision easier so you can stay in your bliss. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake, Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and even maybe enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or on your couch. Zola helps couples plan the wedding they really want with tons of unique features and personalized recommendations based on a couple's preferences 
Every Zola wedding is as unique as the couple planning it. They've thought of everything you'll need and have built every tool to get you to I do, including customized checklists to get you moving, keep you on track, and prepare you for what's next. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Summer is fast approaching, which means more social events, more weddings to attend, more nights on the town, and hopefully more vacations. That's why I'm so thankful for today's sponsor, Honey Love, for covering us with the best shapewear. With Honey Love, you can feel your best even when you're wearing less. They've revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Plus, they're the only shapewear that won't ever roll down no matter how much you groove on the dance floor. For a limited time only, you can get Honeylove on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com slash MIA. When talking about shapewear, Honeylove's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. The superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering just the perfect amount of compression. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back of the thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at Honeylove. Honeylove.com slash MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started, honeys. Shape your life with Honeylove. But then they go to dinner. They're going to their like cowboy night, which, okay, I, the theme nights, it just it doesn't do much for me at this point. Um, Sutton's like, I'm getting the pizza which I relate to. Um, but then they play a game and it's honestly, it's, it's, it's an interesting game. It's, I mean, it's not really a game. It's really just like asking each other questions. Um, but Garcelle asks if one time infidelity. So if a partner cheats one time, is that enough to make these women leave or pull the plug on their relationships? And you know, the biggest thing out of this is just that Kyle is basically like, I don't know. And then we get a whole montage of throughout the years, Kyle dealing with rumors about Mauricio cheating and Lisa Vanderpump bringing them up and Brandy bringing them up and uh, even Kim sort of bringing them up at one point. And this is interesting because it does feel like the editors are kind of giving Kyle a little bit of pushback in this way that she's like, well, of course, I don't I, I can't imagine this this type of situation. But like, I, I don't know, like, you know, I, I don't think I would just and it's like, really? I don't know. I've never been one of those people that's like super on the like Mauricio is cheating train, but it is just kind of funny for her to like, (laughs) just be like, haven't thought about it. Never occurred to me what would happen if my husband were to possibly ever cheat, even though everybody else in the world has been talking about it for the last decade. I don't know if I'm buying that, but then Dorit asks a question about um, at what point does money stop making you happy? And do you feel like you've gotten there? And like all of them are like, (laughs) no, Um, Dorit's like, I know a handful of billionaires and I would not want to trade places with any of them. Sutton is like, "I, I would be happy to trade places with any of the billionaires. By the way, Sutton said on Watch What Happens Live, Andy brought up the sort of reveal from earlier this season that Sutton gets like $300,000 a month from her divorce. And she was like, well, that's after taxes is the $300,000. And then she also has her own assets that we don't even know about. And it's like, truly, how much money does this woman have? The idea of just getting like 
a direct deposit every month of $300,000 is so, it's so wild. And I mean, she really should be, sorry, Lisa Hochstein, Sutton should be the one doing like a, uh, an online divorce startup because she's she's the one that's uh, that seems to have come up with a, a favorable arrangement here and I think uh, Lisa and Ashley Darby and maybe a few other people on on Bravo could <laughs> could really benefit from giving Sutton a call even though I don't I don't know if anybody else would be able to make the same uh, make the same arrangements um, but yeah the the money conversation is interesting and I do feel like this is. The most open and candid we've seen Erica maybe ever on the show, certainly in the in the years since her situation with Tom sort of fell apart. She really is kind of it feels like she's she's been humbled. I mean, that's something we've seen happening over the course of a couple seasons, but that now she's able to sort of take a step back and be honest about it in a way that it felt like before she was sort of trying to deflect a little bit or not really willing to acknowledge the the gravity of her situation or sort of just like how shitty it was. And she talks about how, you know, she had all this nice stuff before, but that when you when you lose everything and suddenly, you know, you're worried about paying your bills and just affording to live that it really changes your whole perspective on everything and that now she feels like money is only really important to her to the point that she can be you know safe and provided for and that what really matters more is having your freedom and that you know that's kind of like the thing that she's focused the most on and I thought that this was like a great moment for Erica it's like I think that's kind of Everything that people have been asking of her over the last few years is just kind of to put down that wall and be be a little bit more real about kind of everything that she has had to deal with. And I mean, obviously, there was a time when she was just kind of like um, not really acknowledging any of it and uh, the whole orphans and widows thing. Like, I'm glad we're we've gotten past that place. But just as I, I like seeing this side of Erica and, you know, the fact her going to lunch with Garcelle and them having, you know, a good moment, even though they had come from such a low place, even just last year. I think Erica is kind of having a really good season. And then, you know, we get the as they're leaving Vegas, we get the elevator moment, which kind of spiraled a little bit where um, Mikey and his partner Davis are in the elevator and. Erica's like, oh, Sutton, this is your chance to apologize for saying that his show was shitty and leaving and whatever. And <laughs> Sutton is like mostly mad about Erica putting words in her mouth because um, she says, I didn't say your show was shitty. I thought it was amazing. I just had to leave and blah, 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 blah. She starts crying on the bus. She says she feels terrible for the dancers. And it's like, oh, my God, this Magic Mike situation is just not that interesting. Like. The freak out itself was interesting to watch, but I don't care that much about sitting through the entire show and like being a respectful audience member. Like (laughs) I care more about what is actually going on with Sutton. And I think that's when her scene with Kyle is so fascinating because so Kyle comes over to her house and earlier we see, I don't know if it's the same day, but (laughs) 
we see at 1 p.m. Sutton is pouring herself some kind of vodka drink. And I feel like the editors were very pointed about, um, you know, her pouring the handle of vodka into the glass and then, you know, letting us know that it was 1 p.m. But Kyle comes over to Sutton's. She's like yelling at Avi about some candle in the hallway. The Avi and Sutton situation, it doesn't seem great. She's like barking orders at him in Vegas. She's barking orders at him at her house. Like, I don't know where Avi came from. I don't know if he was on. I don't think he was on before this season. I don't know what happened to Sutton's other assistant, Josh, that we had seen in past seasons. Avi seems like he is um, struggling. And I I hope that he's okay. I hope that he is uh, well provided for and that he... <laughs> has a loving home to return to after being, um, you know, ordered around by Sutton all day. But that is, you know, I am not that strong. I could never, the idea of like working with the housewives is something that I just, I don't think I have it in me. And I have, I you know, I've met some of the people that work with the housewives. I've worked with some of them on doing stuff with the housewives. I, you know, I've, I, I, they seem lovely. You know, there's clear, clearly it's a whole little cottage industry, but I just like the thought of being in Sutton's house and having to like pick up her sweaters and arrange them in the right way and pack the suitcase and move the candle and get the tea and make the cocktail. And, Oh, did you, you know, did you respond to this? And did you send me that? more power to the people who can <laughs> who can live that kind of life um but i think i think that is something that i would last approximately 48 hours doing but anyway Kyle sits down with Sutton um and Sutton says that she had a revelation in Vegas with the elevator situation that Erica is not her true friend and i just am not quite sure at what point did Sutton really think Erica was her true friend? Because going back a couple seasons, Erica and Sutton have been through a lot of shit during her time on this show. Going back to when Sutton was really the main or the only person asking the tough questions about Erica's, uh, you know, legal and financial situation. Um, you know, all of that stuff that was happening, Erica's, you know, drinking and things like that last season. These women have gone through ups and downs in terms of being good with each other. But like, were you ever really like true friends? I don't know. And then she's like taunting Kyle. She's like, oh, defend your friend. Oh, talk about your friend. Talk about your friend. And it feels like she is sort of pushing Kyle away in in a way that, like, I don't think Kyle is, like, a perfect friend to Sutton either. But she says that Kyle has a tendency to come into a situation when she hasn't heard the whole story. And, you know, this happened with the Magic Mike where, you know, Sutton had stormed out. Garcelle was the first one there. And then Kyle sort of swoops in and is like, Sutton, what are you doing? You have to come back. And, like, it wasn't a great situation. But, you know... I, I do think that Kyle feels like she can communicate with Sutton in a way that not everybody can. But then she says that Sutton has a habit of losing her shit in ridiculous circumstances. And this is like the peak, just fever dream moment of the episode because it's Naima. 
Name them. Name them. Name them. Name them. Name them. Sutton is... (laughs) Sutton gets into this mode where she's just kind of like, she's just like, she's just like trolling Kyle in a way that is kind of fascinating to watch because Kyle takes the bait so easily. She's like, Sutton, 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 shut up, shut up. Oh my God, you're being so weird. You're being so rude. You're being blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, it's crazy to watch these two people having this interaction where They're like allegedly friends like five minutes ago. They were laughing about, you know, how many different kinds of tea Sutton has in her cabinet. And then all of a sudden it's like, what has shifted in the universe that that this is like so. It just the energy is like so bizarrely bad. But Kyle, to her credit, she kind of reels it back in and she does name a few examples, uh, namely when she didn't bring a gift to Rinna's house. And then that was the ugly leather pants fiasco day um, when they were in Lake Tahoe and Sutton wanted to leave early and was using her face roller on the boat. Um, and then the Magic Mike show in Vegas. I mean, I'm, I think there probably are other examples, but at the end of the day, Kyle, Kyle spit it out and we get a to be continued. And I... I'm interested to see sort of where Sutton and Kyle's relationship goes over the rest of the season because they have always had kind of a a back and forth where it felt like they don't always see things exactly eye to eye and they don't always love each other no matter what. But they have kind of maintained a solid level of being able to to have real conversations with each other. And I do sort of wonder like, Sutton's energy just seems a little bit further off than it usually is. Like, I don't know if Sutton's always like a little bit like um, off center, but it, it does seem like there's something kind of like up with her this season. And I'm, I'm curious to see how that develops, but you know, you gotta name them. If you're gonna, if you're gonna bring it, you gotta name them. And you know, props to Kyle. She did. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card. Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Splash Refreshers are the delicious zero-calorie beverage I'm reaching for again and again when I'm feeling thirsty for something flavorful. I believe in the three-beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash spices it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. Lately, my go-to office beverage has been the Splash Wild Berry flavor. It's so nice to just put a few in the fridge at the beginning of the week. Grab one whenever you want something nice and refreshing. It's just the right amount of flavor, just the right amount of sweetness. You know the vibes. When you want something refreshing, when you want something hydrating, Splash is the perfect thing to reach for. It perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. And it's available in five craveable flavors. Wild Berry, that's my favorite, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin in orange. It's there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. That brings us to Miami and... (laughs) 
earlier this week, the extended clip was released from the beginning of the episode of Larsa and Gertie's conversation, um, where Gertie reveals to Larsa that she has breast cancer. And um, Larsa's response is definitely something not the most compassionate and tender and um and <laughs> caring of um, but it's just like i've i've seen that clip now probably like half a dozen times and it just is so larsa's whole like way of drifting through the world is so interesting to me because we've seen her over a long period of time from season 1 of housewives to, you know, her time with the Kardashians, to coming back to this show, you know, her marriage, her divorce. Now she's obsessed with Marcus. Like, we really have seen s- several different phases of her life. And it just always feels like she kind of is just... She's like an the avatar just kind of like existing at the middle of it all. And it almost feels like this Gertie situation. It just is like a little too real in like a real, real, real world sense to it's like Larsa shouldn't be encountering something that tricky <laughs> in real life. It's like, she isn't quite equipped to, to have these conversations that it's like, you know, of course her initial response is like, well, how am I supposed to know that? How do you know? How do you know? How do you know? And then Gertie's like, Larsa, shut the fuck up. I went to the doctor and had a mammogram, like how anybody else finds out they have breast cancer. And then Larsa, she has like a brief moment of like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like that's, you know, obvious, (laughs) you know, as one does when they find out their friend has cancer, you're like, oh, wow, that sucks. And then she goes right back into like, okay, but don't put this whole thing on me because there was blah, 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 blah. There was so many other things happening. And now you're like, and and now you're like, okay, okay. And then I have cancer. And then it's like, what? And it's like, it is so wild that she, I know everyone processes difficult news in different ways. And I saw some comments about that, that were like, oh, like, you know, everybody handles things differently. Your gut reaction sometimes isn't the exact right thing to say. And I get that. And I think there is, that is one layer of what is going on. But even in that scene, it felt like Larsa was like all of the potential turnoff points of the street where she could have gone down a more compassionate road. She was just speeding right by them, plowing through. And then what's really, really telling is we see six hours later, she is having people over for this welcome home party for Marcus who has been gone for five days and it's just like real it's just so stupid to have like a surprise party for somebody who's been gone less than a week but before her friends even get there or before before the rest of the cast even gets there she's sitting down with her two friends like yammy and xana or tammy i don't know i don't know and she's like yes yeah, so we've seen gertie earlier and it was so crazy because we're like sitting talking 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 and she's like i have breast cancer and then it's like blah 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 blah, blah. and i'm like immediately it's like wait I think you promised Gertie that you weren't going to tell everybody else about this. Like that. Six hours ago. And then you said, you said you were going to have a trust. And then it's like, what's happening? And it's like, okay, okay, okay. It's what, it's one thing to tell. Yami and Xana. Okay. They're not really on the show. You know, they're like the, they're like the friends that come before the party to help set up for the party. So it's like, okay, like it's filmed by the time anybody sees this, they'll already have heard it from Gertie. Okay, fine. And then Lisa and Jody show up, Kiki shows up, Marisol shows up, 
And 10 seconds after everybody's in the door, I saw Gertie earlier and then she's like telling me didn't this. And then she's like, I have breast cancer. And <laughs> immediately, everyone else in the room, Marisol, Kiki, Lisa, they're like, what? Are you serious? She has breast cancer? Obviously, this is like huge news to everybody in the group because however close they personally are with Gertie at this moment, they're all existing in this social orbit together. And to find out that you're, you're, you know, seemingly healthy, so like vivacious, full of life, happy friend is dealing with this terrible thing. It's like that should be a shock to your system. And the fact that Larsa, the fact that it was just kind of like a bullet point in the list of updates from her lunch with Gertie is just, it says so much about kind of how she, how she interprets things. I don't even know. And then Alexia and Todd get there and she tells them right away. Um, but she does, she does say that they shouldn't tell Gertie that they already know when she tells them. So that to me is the most kind of like telling moment of the whole thing is like, oh, Larsa knows on some level that she wasn't supposed to tell them. She remembers that she wasn't supposed to tell them. She just didn't care enough to actually not do it, but she would like them to not mention to Gertie that they found out from her so that then she's not like on the hook for it, which it's really, I mean, it's flawed logic all the way through. It's, you know, it's like still a shitty thing to do, but also all of this is being filmed. So on the off chance that Gertie doesn't find out somehow in the next episode or two that Larsa spilled the beans, she's going to find out when she's watching the episode and it still is going to affect their friendship in whatever way it might have initially. It's just as wild to me when people who have been on reality TV for years and years and years don't have that kind of instinct of like, okay, six hours ago, I filmed a scene with Gertie in which I maybe already sort of dropped the ball in in the sense of seeming like a, an empathetic human with real emotions. So I'm already, I'm starting from a deficit. And then I made the promise that I wouldn't say something. So because I'm starting from that deficit of, you know, human emotions, maybe I should be extra careful to keep the promise so it'll sort of even out. And then at the end of the day, people won't think I'm like a, a shitty person who's a bad friend. But Larsa is like, oh, like the, the, the Larsa math is so different because she's like, well, Gertie was crying and I didn't know why she was crying. So then she told me she had cancer. And then obviously I needed to recount to everyone else how like Gertie was being crazy. And then she just like dropped on me at the end. She waited till the very end of the lunch to say that she had cancer. And it's like, why wouldn't you say that when I first sit down? And then she's like, you waited till the end. And then now I'm like, how am I supposed to process that? It's like Gertie has cancer. And then she was mean to me and then blah, 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 blah. Like, <laughs> I truly think if you asked Larsa, and I mean, she said it this week in the press that like she doesn't regret how she handled it. She didn't apologize, all of that. Like, this is not an issue in Larsa's world, which is just so crazy because I think, like, everyone else watching it is like, oh, my God. <sighs> wow. Clearly a lot of thoughts there. Um, <clears throat> but there are some other developments from uh, from Larsa's surprise welcome home party for Marcus's long journey away from her. Um you know, Todd is there. He sort of addresses the group after not showing up to Alexia's party in the premiere. Um, 
you know, the other women think it's weird. Lisa in particular is like, I feel like Todd's got a lot of explaining to do because it's very strange that you would come to Larsa's party when you didn't come to the party that your own wife was throwing in your own house that you were physically home during. Um, But yeah, he basically says in, you know, as many words that he didn't come to the party because he doesn't want to be around Adriana, um, which you know, mixed feelings about. I understand Adriana is sometimes a, a bit of a loose cannon, but also I just like, I don't think I, it just doesn't make him look great. It makes him look kind of petty that it's like, oh, I, I didn't want to see this one woman in a group of nine people. So that's why I skipped this whole event. It's like, I, I just don't, I don't think it's playing the way that he maybe thought it was going to. Meanwhile, Lisa and Jody are looking at places together and then, like, in the same breath, she's having another mini freak out about Lenny, you know, wanting to torture her and getting the kids involved and blah, 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 blah. And Larsa and Alexia are both kind of coaching her that it's like, babe, you got to stop talking about Lenny so much, especially with Jody. And it's really tough that it's like episode after episode. It just is like, I, I don't know how she has lived in this space for like a year and a half now where it feels like every every other day there's a new Lenny fire that she's putting out and it's like so ever present in her space and not just for herself but for the kids and for her new relationship it's like truly I can't imagine feeling like I could move forward with my life while I was still in that space. And so the fact that she is so full steam ahead with Jody, I'm glad I'm glad it seems like he is a supportive partner for her, but at the same time, like I want Lisa to be good with Lisa. And so the fact that they're looking at places together already it's like I don't know that that is really the the way Because she's talked about how she was with Lenny for a long time. You know, she was really young when she got with him. Like, she has not lived on her own in a meaningful way. She didn't take time alone alone. Like, she still has been in the Lenny situation so much that by the time she met and started a relationship with Jody, there there wasn't any kind of, like, neutral period in between. And I feel like that's the kind of thing where it's like, you really... You're really pushing the timeline here. And then we see the scene of her at home where she's on the phone with with Jody complaining about Lenny taking her car away and all of this stuff. And it's like she says that she's not in therapy, but really Jody is like her therapist. And I'm like, that to me, that to me is ooh. <laughs> like, like I don't want to tell anybody else what to do with their lives, even though it's kind of like I feel like that's what I've been doing for the last 30 minutes. But it's like I don't think Jody can be the therapist, mama. I think I think we might need to call in the professionals there because it's like not even just from like a her perspective, but also it's like I it, it just seems like a weird position to put him in. And then like seeing the seeing Logan and Elle like oh answer the door for the pizza while Lisa's upstairs on the phone and they're like eating without her and they're like mommy come down, mommy come down. It's really, it really makes me sad. I like obviously the Lisa and Lenny situation, just the two of them is super rough, but seeing the kids kind of get the blowback from it, it's like Lisa, Lisa just seems so stressed about everything. And like she's so pulled in different directions. And she's saying, This is time you don't get back after we've just seen her, you know, 
having a freak out on the phone while the kids are downstairs with the dinner. And it's like, yeah, it is time you don't get back. And I think she is really fighting through it and doing the best that she feels like she can. But I just, I I don't know. It's so hard to watch because it's such a shitty situation. And I just like, I want her to be, I want her to be whole. And I, I think even though she is saying great things about this relationship and, you know, move trying to move forward. I, I don't know. I don't know really where she is at right now. And it, and it is tough. Um, but you know, Nicole and Anthony are good. They're looking for a new yacht. They're remodeling their home. Nicole. Okay. Nicole's money situation has always been a little bit of a mystery, but hearing her recount. So the properties they have, they have an apartment that they're staying in right now. Remodeling their house in Coral Gables, a newly built home in Colorado. That was news to me. Plus, quote, some investment properties that they've bought since they were together, plus some investment properties that she had prior to meeting Anthony. I'm like, how much land does Dr. Nicole own? <laughs> that, that is wild to me when you're just like, oh, plus some investment properties. I'm like, that could mean absolutely anything. That could be like one little house that you rent out for Airbnb, or she could own like a full city block and we wouldn't know. And I, I feel like it's probably closer to the latter. I don't know. <laughs> Truly. I feel like one of these days, I'm not saying that Nicole and Anthony like don't have the things that they say they have, but I do feel like if she stays on the show long enough, it's sort of inevitable that her like financial situation is going to become a storyline, whether there's something problematic happening or whether the women are just kind of like get bored and poke around. I feel like that's going to have to come up because like, I don't know. I know they all, I know they all wish they had what she had and I feel like they're going to get, they're going to get jealous and they're going to ask questions. Um, But you know, the, the end of the episode, it's Larsa and Marcus. They're getting horny over sharing a water bottle and then they're headed to the, the make a wish basketball game and there's a fight on a sprinter van which you know usually i feel like that's reserved for salt lake but the miami women they're reminding us that they they know how to fight in a moving vehicle just as well as any other housewives franchise um so we get a to be continued there too and and boy i'm i'm excited to see where this uh this whole situation is going um but we will have to see next week uh in the meantime thank you so much for listening don't forget to rate review and follow the show wherever you listen you can follow us on instagram at bravo by betches you can follow me at dylan hafer and until next time be cool don't be all like uncool Mention It All is produced by Dylan Hafer, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Jorge Morales-Pico. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Dylan Hafer and Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a wild berry splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches.